My Hockey Hero is proudly supported by eBay Canada. My name is Dean. Ever since I was a kid, I collected hockey cards with spare change my dad gave me. As a black person, to see others like me on the ice inspired me. I didn't see myself as a black hockey player. I saw myself as a hockey player. They were my role models and showed me hockey is a game for everyone. When you're on a hockey card, it's, it's pretty cool. I've collected 100 rookie cards for NHL's black and biracial players, and I'm going to talk to all of them so you can learn their stories. Sean Bell was born in Edmonton in 1985. He's played 20 games in the NHL for the Minnesota Wild, Montreal Canadiens, Edmonton Oilers, Colorado Avalanche, as well as a career in Europe. Yeah, I collected cards. You know, guys were always seeing the schoolyard trying to trade cards and seeing which guys they could get, and, and they're always trying to collect that full set. So uh, I might have to rummage through some of those things, see if there's any collectible in there. Hello, my Hockey Hero listeners. In this episode, I am speaking to Sean Bell. Sean is still involved in the game and cares deeply about making the game accessible for all. He really appreciated the fact that the game was accessible for him when he was a young person playing for the Edmonton Brook team. Yeah, born and raised in Edmonton. It, uh, you know, it was fine. It was a decent childhood. I mean, you know, I tried playing hockey. I played multiple different sports. It was, uh, you know, Edmonton's a, it's a good community. Sean grew up in a strong community that he still has strong connections to. You know, I have still a lot of friends around, um, a lot of people that I was able to grow up with. Uh, they kind of resurface now because we're all the same age and you got kids and you start going to certain places and you're like, oh man, I haven't seen you in 15, 20 years. And um, that actually happened the other day when I was playing uh, men's league. So, um, you know, we, we definitely, people try to keep in touch, um, but you know, from, from a childhood, childhood standpoint, uh, things were good in Edmonton. It, uh, nothing too crazy. Sean first put on skates when he was five. Uh, I started playing or started skating when I was like five or six. Um, my dad started teaching me how to skate. He'd take me out to like, you know, public skating and just getting me on the ice because he didn't want me playing hockey before I knew how to skate and being one of the kids that was falling all over the ice he, he just said he didn't want that to happen so um you know we'd go to the outdoor rink we'd go to um you know drop in hockey or we'd go into public skating and we just consistently learn how to skate and then from there I went into a bunch of different uh different skating camps uh Steve Serdakny was big out here at that time uh, Stephanie Hanlon with Quantum Speed was big at that time. So uh, I did a bunch of those and just really tried to refine my craft. Uh, I, I, I fluctuated between forward, um, goaltender, defense. I, I kind of played all the positions. Um, you know, I think at that time it was easy to, everybody kind of got a turn to be the goaltender and stuff like that. Didn't really care for that position. I, I, I wanted to be a forward. Um so I'd played, and then there was one game where they needed me on defense and haven't changed since. Sean's parents worked hard to support his passion and talent, but Sean can see how times have changed for today's parents. My parents weren't well off by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, they worked hard. they honest, hard workers, and 
Um, they tried to afford every opportunity that I possibly could. Um, I wouldn't sit here and say it was easy because um, it definitely wasn't. And, and there was times where you never knew if you were going to play or not. So, um, you know, we they worked hard. They, they afforded me that opportunity. I thank them for it big time. Um, but at the same time, hockey back then was considerably cheaper than what it is now. Um, so from an accessibility standpoint, uh, I found that there was a better opportunity to play the sport. Um, you know, fast forwarding to 2023, like I don't think I would have been able to play hockey if it was today because of how expensive the sport has gotten. At barely 16, Sean was drafted into the WHL by the Regina Pats and then the Tri-City Americans. Yeah, I was, uh, I was drafted by the Regina Pats, uh, 10th overall in the, in the WHL draft. And unfortunately for me, the Regina Pats were hosting the Memorial Cup the next year, so they needed to load up. And what they um, essentially did was trade all their, their young prospects for seasoned veteran players and um, some high-end players. So I got uh, I got the opportunity to play in Tri-City when Barrett Jackman was off to the World Juniors. Um, so I came in, I, I filled in for four games, I had a great time in Regina, and then shortly after that, got traded to the Tri-City Americans in a deal that uh, that sent me and Justin LeCision and Jeff Feniak and a couple other players. So um, it was a massive deal, and that's how I ended up in Tri-City. Sean moved from the often snowy Edmonton to a whole new environment. It was uh, it was different for sure. Um, obviously, in Edmonton, it's a very different climate, very different attitude. You know, it was a very blue collar. Um, we went down to Tri City, and um, you know, we get kind of through the Idaho. You're you're going down through Quarter Lane into Spokane, and then once you kind of get out of Spokane, all of a sudden it goes from you know mountainous hills, lakes to desert and you don't really see anything you're seeing tumbleweeds flying by and you know we we're driving and we're driving and we're driving and we don't see anything but it says on the map that we're getting close and then all of a sudden boom this little this little community pops up in the middle of the desert and here's tri-city and you know i i had a fantastic four years there i honestly couldn't complain i i had two different sets of billets um you know my first billet family that i lived with uh, it, it didn't work out, unfortunately, um, but then I ended up moving to another another family that was uh, that was a fantastic family, and, and to the point where we're still um, friends to this day, and we still talk when we can. So it was a good time, but uh, it, it was good times, and it was it definitely opened up your eyes to you know the differences in, in different regions throughout you know North America and stuff like that. So I, I, I truly enjoyed my time there. Sean realized that as a black player, he was pretty rare in the minor leagues. You didn't see a whole lot of players of color or BIPOC players playing. You know, there's a few guys that were were Aboriginal or Native American. Um, They were on some of the teams, but for the most part, like it was, you know, maybe one black kid, myself on one team, you know, Asian kid on another team. Um, So that's what you'd kind of see and that's what you got used to. And, um, that's what it was growing up in minor hockey. And then when it got to the Western Hockey League, same thing. It was uh, it was pretty rare 
to to have a BIPOC player um, playing in the league. I think I would have been a handful, maybe 10 players throughout most of my uh, Western Hockey League career. And um, once again, I, I, I do think that, you know, the guys that were in Western Hockey League, the CHL, or the QMJHL and the OHL, like a, a lot of guys were, were pioneers because all of a sudden that's when like t- games were getting more accessible on TV and more and more kids are able to, to see, you know, this person's like me. And I do think there was a boom shortly after BIPOC players, which is obviously nice to see. Sean was soon drafted to the American Hockey League. I was drafted by St. Louis before I even completed a full season. I was traded to uh, the Dallas Stars organization. Um, by the time I turned pro uh, um, at the trade deadline, I got traded again to Minnesota. Um, why those trades happened, I, I still don't know to this day. If you're enjoying My Hockey Hero and thinking about starting your own hockey card collection, I'd suggest you start with eBay. eBay is all about connecting communities and fueling passions. Because of its thriving card collector community, I was able to make my dream come true by collecting the rookie cards of the NHL's black and biracial players. Start your own collection at ebay.ca slash hockey cards. It didn't take long for the NHL to call him up. It's a really cool feeling. I was playing in Houston at the time, and I'll never forget it because myself and Joel Ward were were roommates at the time. And I got the call, and you know, I looked over at Wardle and I said, "I, I think I'm getting called up." And uh, you know, it was a couple uh, high fives and, and a hug, and I ended up going up, um, playing, flying out the next morning and playing that game. And it's just it gives you goosebumps because obviously playing in the minors is one thing. Playing in some of the international things is another thing, but you know you've kind of finally realized your dream, and you you play in the in the NHL, and this is what everybody wants. And um, it was a pretty special moment, and it's one that I I won't uh, won't forget anytime soon. Sean saw a career that led him to play for the Montreal Canadiens, the Edmonton Oilers, and the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, there was a few, there was definitely a few highlights. There's a few lowlights, uh, and everything in between, you know, Mario Trombley was our defensive coach and he was definitely an old school guy. You know, I, I remember playing against Detroit, Chicago, uh, Martin Havlat was kind of the big guy on, on that team in Chicago at the time. We played against Calgary, played against Edmonton. I got a, a season low of a minute and 45 seconds against the Edmonton Oilers. Um, still in a plus one which was nice. Uh, um, but then I all of a sudden turned around the next game and playing 19 minutes and, you know, going out against Havlat and trying to be one of the shutdown guys and, and getting, you know, premier stuff. So it, it was all, it was kind of all over the place. It, it was good. It was, um, it was a fun, it was a fun time. And it was, it was an interesting time to, to say the least. Um, I do think that there was some, you know, things that stagnated kind of uh, my career and, and who I was. You know, when I when I entered pro, I was more of a puck moving, um, you know, offensive guy. My numbers were really good in junior. I, I 
I think I hit double digit goals my last year. Um, you know, I, I had all that stuff and then got the pro and it was by that point, by the time I hit my third year, I believe I had three or four different coaches. And, and I think for, for young guys, it's hard because now you're adjusting to all the different voices. It's okay. Well, I want you to play this way. And then I want you to play this way or, okay, go back to what you used to do. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, no, now you're not rushing the puck anymore. And, you know, I think that that hurts your game and, and it stagnates young players because at the end of the day, I was a first rounder because of the the ability that I had to move pucks and to skate my way to problems and, and to do some of those things. So, um, you know, I bounced around a little bit. Uh, I got traded a few times. Uh, I ended up obviously in Colorado my last year. And, um, you know, I, I was proud to say that, you know, most of the teams that I did played on were, were really good teams, especially in the minors. And, you know, some of them were first evers. Um, so when I was in Lake Erie, it was the first ever time that they made the the finals as the Lake Erie Monsters or make the playoffs rather as Lake Erie Monsters. And, you know, so I, I felt that there's some really good pieces there and, and good moments. Um, and then, yeah, I just, you know, I was the decision to go to Europe was not an easy one by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, I remember sitting in a rink here with a couple other guys and we we're skating and we didn't have places to go. And my agent called and said, do you want to try Europe for a year? And I just said, sure. Um, I want to play. I still enjoyed sports. And uh, I ended up going to Europe and, and having honestly two years of, of unbelievable hockey in Mannheim. Um, I honestly thought it kind of rekindled my love for the sport. Um, you know, it's hard getting bounced up and down, up and down, up and down, being all over the place, not knowing where you're going to be. Um, you know, I, I'm super honest about my career. I could probably tell you, you know, how I felt in certain spots. And, you know, it, it was tough not being, I guess, in the NHL in Colorado because in, in that was one of the spots I really thought I did earn it. Um, but yeah, I ended up in Europe and it, it rekindled kind of my love for the sport and, um, I'm very thankful for my years in Europe because, uh, you know, people get jaded and, uh, I thought it kind of brought it all back. Sean is committed to hockey, but cares deeply about changing the game for the better. I love hockey. It's, it's afforded me basically everything that I, that I have. So I'm not going to sit here on a soapbox and, and rip the sport to shreds. But at the same time, I do think there's got to be some progressiveness to this sport. And I think there's got to be ways to find it more accessible for everyone. And, and we touched on it a little bit earlier um, where it was like it's just too expensive. And so, you know, it's be, almost become an elitist sport um, to the point where, you know, and I'm only going to speak to Edmonton because I know this and it's, the northeast portion of the city of Edmonton is where a lot of the new immigrants come to to Edmonton and they they live in that area. And so the registration numbers in Edmonton as a whole are significantly down because almost the entire northeast portion of our city doesn't play hockey. But at the same time, I'm sure they love it. But we don't have any opportunities to go out there and say, OK, well, here's. You know, here's a bunch of equipment. How can we help you with registration fees? How can we do things to to get you involved in the sport? You don't necessarily need to play just hockey 
What happens if you want to be the next GM? What happens if you want to be the next best uh, agent in the city? What happens if you want to be the next sportscaster? All those things are factors and that would help make hockey more progressive. And unfortunately, we don't necessarily do that as a whole here in Edmonton. I know that Anthony Stewart's doing that in Toronto. Um, and I know the HDA is doing that out in Toronto as well. But that's something that I'm trying to do out here in Edmonton as well. So it's the ability for, for young kids um, to see and say, I can do that too. And a lot of times, you know, it's, we're sitting here and it's, you know, not, you don't always see BIPOC people on TV. You don't always see BIPOC, you know, agents. You don't always see BIPOC uh, GMs. You don't always see BIPOC head coaches. And that's starting to change a little bit. Obviously, Mike Greer's in San Jose. Uh, Tony Barrar does a good job with the Oilers TV. Um, you know, it's slowly, slowly starting to change and you want to see that. But at the same time, like, We've got to try to push this thing forward and we've got to try to really, truly make make it hockey is for everyone. That's the slogan that the NHL uses. And there's days where I say, you know what, I, I do truly think that we are trying to make hockey for everyone. But then there's other days that I say, well, I don't think that's remotely true because, you know, people sit there and they talk and they talk and they talk. We want change. We want change or change. But who's actually going out there and facilitating this change? And I think that's probably a bigger factor than anything about why hockey is not as progressive as other sports. Lastly, he has some advice for the young hockey players of today. <laughs> uh, we could go a long time with this. Uh, I think it's, you know, enjoy, enjoy your time as a, as a young hockey player, because I think that it becomes a business before you know it. So enjoy your Enjoy your years and, and really embrace the journey. Um, hockey will take you all sorts of places if you, you fully embrace it. But at the same time, it's, it's hard work. And if you truly want it, you'll get a, a long, you know, glorious career out of it. And I'm not saying the NHL. I'm just saying a long career out of it. And it, it can afford you a lot of opportunities. Um, so you got to make the, the biggest impact that you possibly can. We're proud to be working with Hockey Equality. Hockey Equality is on a mission to create diversity at all levels of the game of hockey. By lowering financial barriers for BIPOC, female, and other equity-deserving youth hockey players. If you've been moved by the stories shared on this podcast and want to help make hockey accessible to all, check out HockeyEquality.org. If you've enjoyed this podcast but would like to dive deeper, then check out our extended version of this interview at Recognize, Black Hockey Heroes of the NHL. You can click on the link in the show notes or find it wherever you get your podcasts. You can see the cards of the players in my collection at blackhockeycards.com. This has been a Podstarter production. production.